This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Well, welcome to Sunday, the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time on the September 11th. 2022. And so as we look into the readings and hear the readings for today, I wanted to open with this prayer. I have this beautiful book. It's called Prayer for Our Nation, Scriptural Prayers to Revive Our Country. This is written several years ago. I remember when I was working in Tillamook at the local radio station, and I came across this booklet, and it's come in handy. And since we are remembering 9-11, I wanted to offer this prayer. It's called Decisions in National Crisis. Wow. Renewing our knowledge of and faith in God through Holy Scripture can strengthen us as a nation and a people. And that's why this Faith Moments, this podcast is about proclaiming the word, the word of the Lord, that I believe that the word of the Lord is what we need to continue to share, not my thoughts, not my interpretations. While I may reflect a little bit, it's on the word of God. We really need to let the word of God speak into our hearts, into our minds, into our families, and into our nations, not just here in America. We're such a young country. When you look all around the world and you see the the history of so many countries that have they they've risen and fallen but when have the people come to know the word of god and so for our country at one time to agree to have a year of the bible and to realize that having a faith having this ability to know sacred scripture not to say what church you belong to or not belong to, but this helps strengthen people. Good citizenship comes from following the word of God. So let us pray a prayer for our nation in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would direct the leaders of this nation in times of crisis. Grant them wisdom and understanding and help them to respond quickly and effectively to each situation. May divinely directed decisions be on their lips and may they do that which is right in your sight. 
May they follow your will to direct our nation in the paths of peace and safety. Unite all response agencies in an organized and harmonious fashion to bring quick and effective resolve to the demands of this crisis. Empower us as United States citizens to do our part financially, physically, emotionally, and spiritually to support all who have been affected by this tragedy. I pray that you encourage and strengthen our nation. Surround us with your love and mercy. Bring peace and comfort to all those who are suffering as a result of this crisis. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray for our country. Let's pray for our whole world and pray for those most in need on this September 11th. And let us especially pray for those who have died, giving their lives for freedom. Today's readings, we go to the book of Exodus on this 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And this is Exodus chapter 32. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once to your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, for they have become depraved. They have soon turned aside from the way I pointed out to them, making for themselves a molten calf and worshiping it, sacrificing to it and crying out, This is your God, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I see how stiff-necked this people is, continued the Lord to Moses. Let me alone then, that my wrath may blaze up against them to consume them. Then I will make of you a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord his God, saying, Why, O Lord, should your wrath blaze up against your own people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with such great power and with so strong a hand? Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and how you swore to them by your own self, saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and all this land that I promised, I will give your descendants as their perpetual heritage. So the Lord relented in the punishment he had threatened to inflict on his people. The Word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm is Psalm 51, I will rise and go to my Father. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. I will rise and go to my Father. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. I will rise and go to my Father. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit, a heart contrite and humbled, O God, you will not spurn. I will rise and go to my Father. The second reading is the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy, chapter 1. Beloved, I am grateful to him who has strengthened me, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he considered me trustworthy in appointing me to the ministry. 
I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and arrogant, but I have been mercifully treated because I acted out of ignorance in my unbelief. Indeed, the grace of our Lord has been abundant, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of these I am the foremost. But for that reason, I was mercifully treated, so that in me, as the foremost, Christ Jesus might display all his patience as an example for those who would come to believe in him for everlasting life. To the king of ages, incorruptible, invisible, the only God, honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading is a little longer reading today, and it's from Luke 15. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus, but the Pharisees and scribes began to complain saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them he addressed this parable. What man among you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, would not leave the ninety-nine in the desert and go after the lost one until he finds it? And when he does find it, he sets it on his shoulders, and with great joy, and upon his arrival home, He calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who have no need of repentance. Or what woman, having ten coins and losing one, would not light a lamp, and sweep the house, searching carefully until she finds it. And when she does find it, she calls together her friends and neighbors and says to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found the coin that I lost. In just the same way, I tell you, there will be rejoicing among the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, A man had two sons, and the younger son said to the father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat, but here I am dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. 
he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I have served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a younger goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf? He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let's just go back to the... Uh, Exodus really quickly. Uh, again, if you read all of 32, chapter 32 in Exodus, and before that chapter, you, you start to see uh, the interactions of Moses. And of course, Moses is coming down with the 10, uh, the 10 commandments on the tablets. And it just amazes me. The scriptures are very particular in saying that these tablets were written by the finger of God. And can you imagine being called to serve like Moses was to lead the people and, and to be entrusted with this encounter with God at the top of the mountain, but also that God would give and would write. Wouldn't it be amazing to see those written tablets as they were at that moment that Moses received them? It just, it, it amazes me. It fascinates me. It'll be one of the things that Lord willing, I, I get to heaven and can say, Lord, what were those tablets? Show them to me. But the Lord cares for his people. And, and the Lord knows what's happening down there. The people are impatient. They want, they want to move forward. They don't want to wait for Moses. They just don't really appreciate his leadership. And so all of a sudden, with the cooperation of Joshua, um, and Aaron, uh, they're going to make this molten calf and worship it, which is the the most grievous sin, you know, to have another idol before the Lord. Now, they didn't have those Ten Commandments net, and they were acting out of ignorance. But the Lord relents. And, and even Moses gets very angry. We don't hear it in this reading, but there's this sense that we come from a stiff-necked people. 
that we continue to fall, we continue to get stuck in our sin, we continue to be impatient. And just like these Israelites who just aren't going to wait, I mean, wait and see what's coming down the mountain from Moses. They don't want to wait. They just, they want to do their own thing. I want to, I want to be my own God. And yet the Lord has mercy on us. And we hear that sense of mercy from St. Paul who says, you know, I was once a blasphemer, arrogant, and a persecutor, which we know from the Acts of the Apostles. And, and he recognizes how mercifully the Lord treated him to, and, and, and Paul had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, calling him out of that ignorance of that evil that he was perpetrating. He didn't realize that he was sinning against God. He thought he was doing the right thing. But the Lord provided a mercy. The Lord provided grace for him. And this is the best line. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It, it wasn't really to teach all of these things for all of the miracles that happened and all of the healings, but to save sinners. You know, in the, in the rosary prayer that we pray, the second part of the Hail Mary pray, prayer, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Pray with us right now as we're praying, lifting up these prayers in whatever state we are in. And at the hour of our death, when we will be tempted once again to turn away from God, all of us will have that temptation. Somehow, pray for us, Blessed Mother. Pray for us sinners. We're recognizing our humanity that only through Jesus Christ and his mercy do we have the possibility of salvation. Jesus came into the world through the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, to save sinners. Are you a sinner? Oh, my hand's way up there. For this reason, I was mercifully treated. Paul recognizes his sinfulness, his unworthiness, yet we were created by God, and God loves his creation. And I love this closing of First Timothy in this reading. To the king of ages, incorruptible. You can sing a song. To the king of ages, incorruptible, invisible, the only God, honor and glory forever and ever. Don't you feel like the big banner of the Lord should be flying high? This is our Lord. This is our king. This is the savior of sinners. And so in, in Luke's gospel, we just came out of the reading we heard last week about the cost of discipleship. You know, and Jesus is giving these parables and he's talking about, you know, the cost of discipleship, it will be hard. It will cost you something you need to give up in order to follow me. It's not just following Jesus around and saying, oh, isn't it great that he's doing some miracles and people are being healed and, and, and look at this, he's eating with us. But no, it's going to cost you your life. It's going to cost you your life. And so Jesus has just had that encounter with the reading we had last week of the cost of discipleship, turning away from your husband, your wife, your mother, your father, you know, that we should uh, de be detached from all things 
This is the cost of discipleship. And now tax collectors and sinners are drawing near. You know, they're hearing about this man who is willing to have people like them come to him and, and, and eat. He's eating with us. You know, the Pharisees would never do that. The scribes would never do that. You know, we're, we're, we're out here on the margins. And yet here's this man. Let's see what's going on with him. And of course, the Pharisees and the scribes are complaining about that. And so Jesus has these three different stories that he tells. And we hear um, we hear them often during the cycle of readings, whether it's just the one reading about the lost sheep, and we hear about the lost coin. And of course, we hear, and so much religious artists come out over the years of the prodigal son or the merciful father or the angry older brother, whatever you want to, or the fattened calf, right? But Jesus addresses in, in their hardness of hearts, just like the Israelites had this hardness of heart. They weren't willing to see in this moment God is at work. God is at work in Moses. God is at work in these leaders. God is at work in leading us to freedom. God is at work and is, in fact, in your very midst, Pharisees and scribes. And so think about the lost sheep. And I'm not going to go into all of these parables, but I think about a lost sheep. And here's a, here's a, a shepherd and sheep really, from what I've read about sheep, they're really not that smart and they won't really learn from habits. Like if they get caught in a crag and their foot gets caught and maybe they're injured, they just don't learn to avoid obstacles and dangers and being in harm's way of predators and, and difficulties, just like us. You know, sometimes we just keep going down the same road of difficulty, of sin, and the one sinner who's just lost and cannot be found, that shepherd, that merciful father will continue to seek that sheep out until he finds him and will lift him up over his shoulders, not to, to um, punish him and say, you bad sheep, you bad sinner. No, the shepherd picks him up and what does he do? Rejoices. And so the lesson here. How many times do we hear about rejoicing? This is what heaven will do. We'll rejoice when that sinner is found. When the sinner desires to be found, when the sinner is willing to be found. You know, the lost coin didn't have any way of being found. But that owner, that woman searched high and low and wouldn't give up. Our Lord searches high and low, is persistent and everlasting in his love and his grace that he wants to pour out upon us. And when we're willing to be found, we're willing to be found. The prodigal son was willing to recognize, I did something wrong. I sinned against my father and against God. And there was something contrite that came from his heart for that moment and Lord's mercy rushed in. But the Lord's mercy was never away from him. We see that his father was watching him from a distance and ran to him. Once the son desired to be found. And so as we look at these beautiful readings of God's mercy, God isn't a tyrant. 
who wants to punish us. But Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Have a beautiful week. God bless you. And we'll talk to you again real soon. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.